A key player on last year's Michigan State football team is coming back next season. We got some recruiting news, and yes, we crack open the mailbag for a lot of great questions from, hey, who has a better chance at a bounce-back year next year, Scotty Hazleton or Jay Johnson? And are we all about to become Minnesota Viking fans over here? Hmm, let's find out. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for spending your holiday week with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white every single weekday here in the Locked on Spartans podcast. And before going any further, two quick things here. Hey, number one, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So that's thing number one. Item number two. It's the end of the year, so tomorrow is going to be part one of our end of the year extravaganza superlative award ceremony. Uh, we look back at all the ups and the downs for Michigan State sports in the last year. Tomorrow's show we do with Austin Smith of The Only Podcast, and then the day after, part two with John Kirby of The Only Podcast. So yes, join us for those two shows tomorrow. As uh, Like I said, look at the ups and the downs because, come on, we got to look at the full package here. That's part of being a college sports fan of the last season to recap a splendid 2022. All right, let's get into this here episode. I desperately uh, crawled on my knees begging to every single one of you, begging for mailbag questions uh, because, hey, look, it's the holiday season. Michigan State's playing like two basketball games in the span of 21 days. Sometimes you run a little light on stuff to talk about, but also, hey, sometimes you're just given a gift. And on Christmas Eve, Jacoby Winman, yes, the three-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, the one-time National Defensive Player of the Week from last season, gives us Spartan fans a Christmas gift that we could all talk about, all share joy over, because he announces that he is returning to Michigan State next season. Uh, this was, uh, I guess, the, the rumored you know, thing that was going to be happening from Jacoby Winman. Yes, he could have gone to the NFL, uh, but... Yeah, that was the expectation that he would return, and now it's official. He released it in a statement, so here we go. Let's dive into the mailbag because this sets up a great question for this topic. PHG writes in, can you break down the defense? Well, yes, we sure can. With Darius Snow and Jacoby Winman returning, plus some new portal additions, along with experienced returnees such as Cal Halliday and others, they should be rather formidable. And that PHG is 100% correct. They absolutely positively should. Now, before going more into the Jacoby Winman news and what this means to next year's team, yeah, th there have been a good crop of transfers that have come in in the last few weeks for Michigan State. Guys like Aaron Alexander, Samar Melvin, Jarrett Jackson, Dre Butler. I expect those guys to be depth pieces. Um, you know, Aaron Alexander, the linebacker from UMass. Okay, that's probably going to be uh, on the two deep, maybe three deep of the depth chart. Probably two deep because we'll get to that in a little bit, but... Linebacker could be a tad thin. Uh, Samar Melvin, perhaps on the two deep. And guys like Jarrett Jackson, Dre Butler, two defensive linemen. Look, Michigan State is already pretty good in the defensive lineman department. They have Simeon Barrow. They have Derek Harmon. But also, hey, one transfer I don't expect to be a depth piece. Tumiche Adeleye, the former top 40 guy from Texas A&M. Yeah, so a lot of these transfers are going to be depth pieces. And by now in the Mel Tucker era, that's kind of what you hope the transfer portal to be. 
Guys that you just get for depth purposes, not, oh my god, holy crap, we need a starter at this position. Uh, I don't know, just get a backup from an SEC school uh, and just hope that it works. Like, no, by, by now, in year three, this is what you want to hope the transfer portal becomes. Now, one guy that was a key transfer portal addition last year that was, well, yeah, he was an instant impact starter because you still can find those in the transfer portal, Jacoby Winman. Like we said, three-time Defensive Player of the Week in the Big Ten, National Defensive Player of the Week uh, for one week. And if you remember, you probably do, he split his time between defensive end, that edge position, and linebacker. Now I think next year, it's going to be pretty set in stone that he is a linebacker. And uh, we'll explain why right here, because right now you have Darius Snow. And yeah, Darius Snow, awesome player. Maybe the best tackler on the team. You really love him in that linebacker position because of the whole crop, he probably plays pass defense the best of anyone. He can cover guys better than most in this unit. You also have Cal Halliday. Of course, uh, just loads of experience on his shoulders, even though he's only, uh, only played two years. Ma'anao Teote. And then you got Jacoby Winman. So I think week one, you can expect some combination of Jacoby Winman, Cal Halliday, Darius Snow, all starting there at linebacker. Now, you can have the luxury of playing Winman at linebacker because, well, hey, Defensive line's looking okay, right? Uh, you do have Chris Bogle, who did miss the end of last year. A good stretch, maybe five, if not six games perhaps, with an injury, but was really coming along at the middle of last year. Get him another full offseason with Brandon Jordan. Okay, we'll see what comes out of the lab with Chris Bogle. Jeff Petrowski, another solid player at defensive end. You also have Ken Talley, the transfer Slash commit uh, from Penn State, any way you want to slice that. Avery Dunn showed some good things last year uh, in his experience at the end of the season. You also have Young Guns, Andrew DePape by Job, Two top 200 recruits. Maybe they give you some as a true freshman. It's asking a lot, but these are also two incredibly talented kids working with an insanely talented coaching staff as well. And also on the inside there too. Okay, Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon, Tumache Adelaide, Maverick Hansen, uh, maybe Alex Van Sumeren gives you something this year. It's a great front seven right now, right? And so you're feeling really good about it. And if Jacoby Winman isn't there next year, you're still feeling probably pretty good about what you have. But man, I just think he means so much to that linebacker room. And that's not to say that Darius Snow, Cal Halliday, and Ma'a aren't you know solid players, but Jacoby is proven. You know, like he is, I think, the total package right there. So you get that experience back. You get a dynamic player. Thank you for making my Christmas. Merry and bright Jacoby Winman. Now, Greek Omelet. That's right. That's the guy's name, Greek Omelet. I'm sure that's on his driver's license as well. He bounces us a question that kind of filters right along with this line of conversation. And he writes, assuming they're both back, who is in better position to redeem himself next year, Jay Johnson or Scotty Hazelton. Now you can make arguments for both sides, although I think it's a pretty clear answer here, but we'll look at both guys right now. Now why it could be Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Uh, look, it's another year of growth for the offensive line. That certainly hampered the team last year, I think. Uh, Brandon Baldwin was fine at the end of the year at left tackle. And also, you got Blackstock, too. Keyshawn Blackstock, the junior college commit uh, or transfer that committed to Michigan State, the number one junior college lineman. Okay, so the offensive line, you're starting to feel better and better about as time goes on here. Also, I really like what we saw from Jalen Berger at the end of last year. You have Keon Coleman returning. But also, why 
not maybe Jay Johnson redeems himself. Uh, yeah, so the offensive line is growing. They are returning some talent, but will it be enough? Is it just enough to say that, oh yeah, they do return some experience? Is that always an automatic answer, though, for saying that they will for sure be better? I'm not sure. Also, it's going to be a very tough time replacing Jaden Reed. Jeremy Bernard left, so it's going to be a little harder to plug in that second wide receiver position or the third wide receiver position, too, depending on you know where they want to slot Trey Mosley next season. Uh, you're potentially breaking in a new quarterback. Maybe Kaden Hauser wins that job. Who's to say? I don't know. Or maybe Noah Kim as well. But, hey, it looks like Peyton Thorne might not be the guy next year. But let's say he is. Let's say Payne Thorne is the guy next year. Have we already seen his ceiling? Can he really progress this late in his career? I don't know. And also, too, kicking is still a big question mark. And yes, I know we're talking about Jay Johnson, an offensive coordinator. But last year, I think the kicking got in such a bad spot that Jay Johnson kind of had to call his plays knowing that, okay, well, I'm eventually going to have to go for on fourth down. Like, we can't kick this 38-yard field goal because, well, we don't really have a kicker here. So... If that doesn't get short up in the offseason, that, that kind of handcuffs Jay Johnson a little more, right? So why Scotty Hazleton can be the guy that redeems himself next year is everything we just named prior to this. That front seven is fantastic. Uh, in the upper third of the Big Ten for sure. Also, hey, we like to use this old adage from our previous Michigan State days, but Pat Narduzzi's defense, if you remember back then, 07, 08, 09, didn't really start clicking until two and a half, three years in, and that's kind of the timeline we're seeing Scotty Hazleton in right now. So maybe his scheme and his system starts to make more sense with guys that have been in it for a little longer. But why not Scotty Hazleton, maybe? Uh, look, there's question marks in the secondary, right? You do not have Xavier Henderson next year, uh, who was you know as physically good as a player. He meant even more mentally to the team as well. Uh, will Chuck Brantley, Marquis Lowry, uh, Caleb Cooley be enough at cornerback? Uh, hey, look, you feel good with Dylan Tatum, Malik Spencer, Mangum in the mix at safety, but those are still young guys. So I don't know. That secondary, once again, will be a question mark going into next year. But with that said... With that front seven, that's a really good start. So I think that this could be a redeem year for Scotty Hazleton. No doubt about that. Just got a knock on wood that they don't have 49,000 injuries by the end of September this year. That will also help our guy Scotty Hazleton as well. Uh, gang, we will be back in a hot second. We're going to talk recruiting news on the football trail. How about... Football recruiting trail news. I don't know. Any way you slice those words, we're going to be talking about it right here in a hot second. But first, hey, LinkedIn Jobs is here to help make your small business a powerhouse. Because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You're going to add your job to your profile on LinkedIn, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile, and hey, that's going to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what are you waiting for? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, you got that right, they apply. 
Now let's head to that recruiting trail for football here for a hot second. You know, early signing day just wrapped up. Michigan State got their 15 guys. Really, 80% of all signings are pretty much locked, loaded, wrapped up. Everyone's committed to their schools. The, the ink has already dried. However, they're still at 20% out there. Michigan State still has a few roster spots, as do most teams in the nation. But, hmm, could they be getting more beef on the offensive line? So, on 24-7 sports, 50 of the top-ranked tackles. All right, are, are, yeah, okay, I should start that over. 47 of the top 50 ranked tackles on 24-7 sports, that sounds a lot better, 47 of the top 50 rated tackles are already committed. All right, so three offensive tackles are unsigned in that top 50 group in that position. Now, the highest rated tackle per 24-7 sports is this guy by the name of Chimdi Ono. He is the 28th ranked offensive tackle. He is a four-star, and he is out of Maryland. Michigan State just offered him a little before Christmas, and this is a kid's recruitment that has blown up. So if anyone, after National Signing Day wrapped up, or the early period, not too long ago, they look at their program and say, eh, Another offensive lineman can't hurt, right? Which I imagine a lot of programs will. A lot, a lot of teams are going to be headed to Chimney Ono's way, and Michigan State is one of them. Now, why is this kid just getting attention on the recruiting trail? Well, he was committed to Old Dominion for a while, and you could probably put two and two together that, no, Old Dominion is not a powerhouse program. Well, it's because Chimney Ono was not a powerhouse player until his senior season just wrapped up. He was a low to middling three-star prospect, and then he has just done nothing but skyrocket. So maybe Michigan State can add him into the fold. It's going to be tough, no doubt about that. Penn State's after him, Maryland's after him, Nebraska's after him. But, hey, there's not a lot of names out there, so if there is going to be one that you want to keep your finger on until the next signing window opens, Chimney Ono out of Maryland. Now, that's for 2023. We do have some 2024 potential news on our way. And if you're listening on Tuesday, well, and this is happening today, we are talking about Jalen Thompson. That's right, a 2024 four-star cornerback out of Tennessee. He is between Nebraska, Michigan, Auburn, Kentucky. And you can guess the fifth team. It's Michigan State. He is going to be committing to one of those five schools at the Supermax Midwest Invitational. A little showcase for the top 100 kids in the Midwest. He will be committing on Tuesday. And there are some signs that are pointing to, knock on wood, potentially Michigan State. So yes, this could be a dynamite pickup for the Spartans 2024 class. That's already looking as good as you could probably hope it to be. So far, it would be three kids should Jalen Thompson commit. Nick Marsh, top 100 player. He's the receiver out of River Rouge High School in Detroit. And then four-star cornerback Jamari Howard already committed to this class. So if you could start your 2024 recruiting class with three players in the top 250, okay, you feel pretty good about how you started things there. Of course, hey, nothing's for certain. Uh, there's four other teams. And also, too, even if he verbally commits, it's still another full year before signing day even rolls around. So... We already know how this goes, though. We're used to the, the commits, the decommits, the flips, the flops, all of that. But hey, still, nevertheless, could be exciting news on Tuesday here for Michigan State. Uh, and just another piece of news to get to really quick, and I just love talking about this topic. My favorite 
topic in the world to talk about. We're talking Tunnelgate, baby. That's right. There is some news that broke over the holiday week, and that is that Kari Crump is expected expected to plea down to two misdemeanors, uh, simple assault and disorderly conduct, for the actions in the tunnel. Now, he was charged with felony assault. Uh, obviously, this is a plea deal to misdemeanors that will carry a $500 fine and a maximum of 93 days in jail. However, I, we all probably know this by now, his lawyer, Mike Nichols, said he doesn't expect Crump to serve any jail time. Uh, yeah, that fine will probably have to be paid. It might be $500 fine for each of the two misdemeanors, nevertheless. Um, but this is a, a nice little addition, too, for Crump's side. Nichols said Crump will be granted status under the Holmes Youthful Trainee Act, which will allow his record to become non-public if he successfully completes probation. So he will have a clean record after this, but... Of course, none of us are stupid. This will definitely follow him probably the rest of his life. Um, I think the public court of opinion has already ruled against him right there. So, yeah, now it's, um, I mean, look, what, what's done is done. It's happened. Uh, this has been dragged out, definitely. Um, but yeah, and that eight-game suspension that the Big Ten handed down for next year as far as I know, is still going to be there. You know, he still will miss the first two-thirds of the season next year. So, which, if you want to argue for or against that being too harsh of a punishment, go for it. Personally, I I, I think it's a fine punishment. I You know, I, look, I, I know he didn't kill anyone, but that's it's still not something that you should do, swing a helmet like that. But, hey, you know, after eight games next year, he'll be back. And I'm glad that, hey, you know, technically he can get off with a clean record. After all this, I, the kid's been through a lot, obviously. And what he did was terrible, but um, everyone has the worst day of their entire lives. And no, not everyone's worst day of their lives includes swinging an object at someone else. But still, everyone has their worst day of their lives, and he just had his with 15 cameras around and two rabid fan bases picking sides on each way. And it gets really heated, so yeah, not a good situation at all whatsoever, but it's all... I was going to say coming to a head soon, but is it though? Will it? At least, you know, paperwork speaking, it's all coming to a head very shortly. Uh, let's dive into our mailbag here in a quick second, but first need to talk your ear off about driving safe this holiday season, making good decisions, especially with New Year's Eve rolling up, guys and gals. Hey, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. And besides, what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and very often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change not just your life, but the life of someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Now let's hop into our mailbag here to round out this show. If you have any questions ever, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We got a lot of great questions. We'll get to them either later this week, sometime next week. But yeah, you guys, as always, 
deliver with fantastic questions here. And let's just dive into NFL for a hot second here because Doug is going to kick us off here in the mailbag and writes, if the Lions don't make the playoffs, should all of Spartan Nation be pushing the Kirk Cousins narrative in the playoffs like U of M fans did with Tom Brady? A hundred thousand percent. Yeah, definitely. I'm all in on the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins is my favorite Spartan of all time, so you are asking either the right person or the wrong person, depending on what side of the aisle you're going to be on this debate. But yeah, I was kind of leaning to being a Vikings bandwagon fan to begin with the last few years. I was fully on board with the Lions or the Vikings bandwagon for the first you know seven weeks until the Lions started to turn things around, and then I was like. Yeah, I'm going to crawl back to you like the sucker in this abusive relationship I am, Detroit. Yeah, I'll, I'll come crawling back for the 90th time. And now, yeah, if we get our hearts stomped out once again, I'll come crawling back to Kirk Cousins. No question about that. Um, and also, too, look, let's say for some reason you're not a Kirk Cousins fan. All right, whatever. I, they still have Jalen Naylor on the team. Okay. Or let's say for some reason you don't even like Jalen Naylor that much. You're, you're not a fan of either Cousins or Naylor, which what kind of a Spartan are you? Uh, let's just say you're neither of those. Just become a Vikings fan anyway because they play the most fun games possible. I know Doug here is a Vikings fan, and I have no idea how he's still alive to type in this question because uh, between like the 61-yard field goals they have to end the game on, the 30-plus point comebacks against the Colts, ah, no problem, whatever, that's just what we do here in Minnesota, or hey, how about going to Buffalo and beating the Bills on the road in overtime? Sure, why not? Um, This is one entertaining Vikings team to root for, so yeah, if you're going to latch on to one uh, uh, playoff team, Make it the Minnesota Vikings. Get your money's worth. uh, Have yourself a thrilling time this January and maybe even February. I don't know. They always find ways to pull it out. So there you have it. Uh, Chopman. That's right. God, he woke up out of his pancake coma. (sighs) Poor guy. Uh, To tweet this question, what's a reasonable expectation for MSU in the tourney this year based on what you've seen so far? Now, of course, a lot of this is predicated on Malik Hall coming back. And what does he look like when he comes back? All indications point towards, yeah, the team will take a step forward once he comes back. Should be enough to get this team in the tournament. But that's first and foremost is, will Michigan State make the tournament? I think so. A lot of the humans think so. Although, some computers aren't so high in Michigan State. And we'll go through some bracketology right now because, like every normal person... I spend the morning after Christmas uh, not cleaning up toys or anything or putting batteries in my kids' toys or anything. No, I don't do anything like that. I look up Bracketology on December 26th, and Joel Lenardi has Michigan State as a 9 seed. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports has Michigan State as an 8 seed. Bracketville.com has Michigan State as an 8 seed. So, the human bloggers, the human bracketologists have Michigan State kind of sort of somewhat squarely in right now. But then you go to the computers of BartTorvik.com, and uh, they have Michigan State as the ninth, not ninth seed, ninth team out of the tournament. Right now, only giving Michigan State a 3% chance to even make the tournament. Now, with that said, it still is a little early in the season, which we can only say that for so much longer. Like, we are almost at the halfway point here. But, yes, uh, things will start to come to the top here for Bart Torvik here in a little bit. But yeah, it's uh, fascinating, the human versus computer debate, what they think of Michigan State right now. Now, with that said, let's say they are the ninth seed, the eight seed. 
look, I, I hate to say it, like it doesn't, you know, make me happy to say this or guess this, but probably a first weekend exit again, especially if you are that 8-9 seed, like you're going to run into a number one seed, what, Houston, UConn, I mean, yeah, they're one seeds for a reason, they are supposed to buzzsaw their way to the second weekend, but with that said, come on now, I could drink some green Kool-Aid too, uh, I can be talked into Michigan State going into the second weekend, look, you have veteran guard play. Okay, that's what you want in March, right between Hogard, Tyson Walker, all right? And also you have shooting, all right? How many times has shooting been a reason for a big upset in the first weekend? And also two perimeter defense as well. Those are three things that Michigan State does pretty well at. So, while my expectation is maybe fizzling out first weekend again, I'm not writing it off and saying it's a 0% chance it gets to the second weekend because, yeah, Michigan State so far does have the traits of a team that likes to make a Sweet 16 run, or Elite Eight, or dare I say, a Final Four run. That's right. How happy you feel in this holiday season? That's going to depend. Uh, that's or that's going to predicate your answer right there. And the last question here. This actually came before our 1,000th episode mailbag. Waffle Spork. That's right. Another government issue name here. Waffle Spork says, "Will you commit?" to doing 100,000 shows if MSU is guaranteed to win both a football and basketball natty the year following the 100,000th episode. I did the math, which is like a 50% chance of me actually doing the math correct here. And the math says that 100,000 episodes would be 384 years from now. What's going to happen 384 years from now in college sports? The, The ACC won't exist and that's not because of like conference realignment like no like the the polar ice caps will have melted enough to flood all the atlantic coast cities so like that conference will just be gone um i'm sure tom Izzo though will still be around suggesting that michigan state will play zone the upcoming season uh boo booey probably still playing at northwestern hunter dickinson is uh doing his 382nd last dance Breslin center still won't allow beer sales um y- you know what with that said <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll commit to 100,000 episodes just so my great, 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 great grandchildren can enjoy a uh, Michigan State national title, assuming that the Spartan fandom goes down that far. Um, the family tree, which, hey, it's it's been around the family tree for this long. Why not continue it a few more dozen generations? So, yeah, 100,000, where do I sign? Tell Mr. Lockdown to send me the contract, and I'll sign that thing in blood. Let's go. Anything for a Sparty natty let's get it popping all right gang like we said tomorrow will be the end of the year superlative bonanza extravaganza two really fun episodes back to back first one with austin smith second one with john kirby looking back at all the ups all the downs of the season of michigan state sports but until then hey enjoy this holiday week love you all go green